I'm a firm believer that the more advanced you get with training, the more that you have to have a sound fundamental base that you can build on. You can't do all of these higher loads, more intense workouts. You can't do all of that on a shaky foundation. It's just going to be counterproductive. Your body's not gonna be able to get the benefit that you want out of those exercises. So for all of my athletes, it doesn't matter if you're just starting out or if you're someone with a very advanced training age or an elite sport athlete, I'm always making sure that we're keeping your foundation, your fundamentals very strong, always going back to basics because there's things that we can tune up with how you're moving, what exercises we're doing, and just making sure that we're not neglecting the basics. So let's revisit that, this concept of going back to basics. And these are things that should be incorporated, these movements, these exercises in everyone's program for nearly anything that you're training for. Welcome to the HNL Movement Podcast, where everything is geared to leveling up your performance in activities, sports, and life. Join me in my professional journey as I share my knowledge and experiences while also learning from professionals, colleagues, clients, and you with one goal in mind, how to optimize human performance. This is the right place to learn how a multidimensional approach will sustain the performance and lifestyle you desire. Welcome back everyone to the HNL Movement Podcast. Thank you for tuning in for this episode. For all of my new listeners out there, you're in the right place to hear about all of these topics, strategies, discussions that deal with optimizing human performance. And for all of my returning listeners, thank you again for all of the support. For those of you that haven't heard some of the past episodes, you can check them out on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and look through the library of episodes. There's been a lot of solo topics, things that I've covered, concepts, strategies, and just sharing some insights, my experiences of things that I think are very useful, helpful, and has helped not only myself, but a lot of the clients and athletes that I've worked with. And on top of that, there's been a ton of great guests come on and share their stories. They share insights, experiences, all of these gems that we can listen to and we can either relate to some of these things or just apply some of their stories to help us along our journey and our path to higher levels of health, fitness, and performance. And also if you find value in the podcast or all of this content, there's a lot more free content and resources across my social media platforms or on my website as well. So everything on social media, you can find me at HNL Movement and my website is hnlmovement.com. I would love to hear how this is helping you in any shape or form. So you can tag me on social media, you can contact me. I love to have some discussions with some of the listeners out there. And if you're finding this value, be sure to share it with family, friends, coaches, teammates, really anyone that's looking to achieve more and elevate their performance. With all of that, let's jump into today's topic. And it's just really going back to basics. And I'm gonna keep this one very brief. And it's just talking about basic movements and exercises that every training program or nearly every training program is built around. And the more that you can improve some of the basic fundamentals, the basic techniques of movement, really focusing on being more efficient with some of these basic movement patterns, I believe that's what helps us to start to elevate our workouts, start to do more advanced concepts, start to train more intensely, just basically start to get more benefit out of these basic exercises that really make up the foundation of most strength and conditioning programs. As I was thinking about what to talk about, 
I do want this to apply to kind of everyone across the board. So for those of you that are either just starting out or have been training for a few years, this will really apply to you because we'll touch on some concepts, maybe things that you can revisit. And definitely even for some of my professional and elite athletes, I'm always fine tuning some of these basic movement patterns, basic exercises. And that really never stops because we can always work on some of the finer details of the basic exercises that I'm gonna talk about today. So that's kind of how I laid this out. So whoever's listening out there, you should be able to grab at least a few concepts that will really help you with wherever you are right now. And you can try to revisit this and improve them as you're starting to move forward. So the first thing, let's talk about the broad picture. Let's talk about basic exercises or basic movements that a lot of strength and conditioning programs are built around. So there's not too many, and we could argue that there's a little bit more here, a little bit more there, but for the sake of just pure strengthening, these consist of the basic movements. So in the lower extremity, you're gonna have a squat pattern, a hinge pattern, and a lunge pattern. And if you can understand how to carry out these movements, how to execute them, what types of muscles you're feeling, the control, the muscle activation, you'll be able to figure out a lot of different variations that come out of one of the three or a combination of the three movement patterns. So for a squat, very important, this is how we lower our center mass or center of gravity and stand back up, right? A hinge pattern, we're actually lowering just our torso, so we're not very minimal knee movement, but it's going to be a hip hinge. Understanding how to do a very effective and efficient hip hinge. And then a lunge pattern. A lunge gets tricky because this is where you're primarily using one leg. The other leg is kind of acting like a kickstand or very minimal weight distribution on that leg. And you're really using one leg primarily over the other. And a lot of times we're gonna be in a front lunge, right? You're stepping in a split stance. In a lateral lunge, you're lunging over to that one leg. So a lot of times with this, you're going to have to control that pelvis position, neutral spine position. And again, this is very useful, these concepts from a squat, a hinge, and a lunge. If you are able to understand and execute the basic patterns, again, you'll be able to apply these concepts to all these different variations of lower body exercises. Now, going up to the upper body, we have a push pattern and a pull pattern. You can argue the same thing with the lower body, but especially for the upper body, I think there's a couple things to understand. Learn how to push in a good position when your hands and your elbows are below shoulder height. So like a push-up, a bench press, anything that's below shoulder height. And understand how to pull when your hands and your elbows are below shoulder height as well, using a lot more rhomboids to get that scapular retraction. But understanding that that is basic upper body movement below shoulder height. Then after that, understanding how to push and pull above shoulder height. So this is anything like overhead presses, shoulder presses, pulling patterns of lat pull downs, pull ups, chin ups, all of these types of things. If you understand how to do those basic patterns above and below shoulder height, you'll be able to apply that concept to a lot of other variations using different equipment, using different angles, right? We can apply some of the basics to all of these different upper extremity movements. 
And of course, you can apply this to full body movements because if you understand how your body moves in the lower body, how to couple that with upper body and do more compound, more advanced full body movements, then this will apply to all of those as well. And the last basic exercise or movement pattern that I want to touch on is core. Understanding two things with your core. How to create a rigid, stable spine, so core stability versus how to actually move your spine under certain resistances or loads and create that core movement from all of the muscles around that midsection. Now, I won't go too deep into that. I did a more in-depth episode on core function and how it integrates into our whole kinetic chain. And you can check that out, episode 110. That's a great one where I kind of break down some of the key concepts of what you need to be aware of, but also what you're trying to accomplish when you do any type of core exercises and core training and how to integrate that into your full body motion. So again, those are the basics that I want to cover in this episode, just to keep it very simple. You're looking at understanding how to improve basic movements of a squat, hinge, lunge, push pattern, especially upper body push below shoulder height and push overhead. Pull pattern, same thing, pull below shoulder height, pull overhead, and then understanding how to execute core stability type of tasks and core movement types of tasks. Now, let's break this down, go a little bit deeper. So peeling off a layer, we're gonna dig a little deeper and look at some of the basic components that are very important to make sure that we can carry out those basic exercises. So some of the components, these are more joints or regions of the body that I think are key to carry out those exercises or movements. So what I mean by basic components, the first thing is that understanding how to move, control, and stabilize your scapula or your shoulder blades. The more that you can understand that scapula movement, that will be extremely critical to understand how to do those upper body movements, the push and pull pattern. So making sure that you can understand scapular movement, you have protraction coming away from your spine, retraction, pulling the shoulder blades back into your spine, upward and downward rotation is huge, especially with the overhead type of movements. And then a combination of all of these movements to make sure that you're keeping your shoulder, your shoulder girdle in a good position so that you can actually be in a efficient position to do whatever you need to do with your upper extremity. So that's the first thing. One of the components of understanding how to control and stabilize your scapula. The next basic component is understanding the concept of neutral spine. And neutral spine is something you hear a lot, but this is something that should be ingrained into our sensory feedback, into our brain that we can tell when our spine is in neutral. And again, we commonly pay a lot of attention to that lumbar spine, the lower back region, but also don't forget about your head. Because a lot of times, whatever's going on in your C-spine, your cervical spine, that will have an effect or kind of influence the position that the rest of our spine is in. So understanding neutral spine, especially when we start to do more movements and exercises, understanding what that feels like, but also how to control neutral spine. Now, as I mentioned in that episode about the core, episode 110, I dive a little deeper into neutral spine and pelvic tilt. Our lumbar spine and our lower back and the position of our pelvis, they are directly integrated and they are going to move with each other. You can't move your pelvis or rotate your pelvis or tilt your pelvis without having some type of effect on our lumbar spine. 
And it's not only understanding how to be in neutral pelvic tilt when we're just like standing in an upright posture, but it's doing it with all of these other types of exercises and movements. Squat, hinge pattern, even upper body pattern, making sure that our core is in a stable position where in neutral spine, we can actually handle some load, some compression load on our spine safely and effectively. So understanding how to feel this neutral pelvic tilt, but also how to control it. And this is a lot with our core musculature, our hip musculature. So it's very critical to learn how to control this position. And then the last thing is, especially with weight bearing movements, lower extremity movements, understanding how to control, how to feel our foot contact being glued to the ground or in a stable position, or making sure that we're activating those feet muscles so that we're not lazy and we're not working out with our feet turned out, turned in, smashing our arches into the floor, or our weight distribution is all off. So you wanna make sure that you're paying attention to that component of how your foot is contacting and interacting with the ground. Okay, so we went over some of those components. Now, what I'm gonna end off this episode with is to pay attention to certain things. So digging a little deeper, peeling back another layer, what do we want to pay attention as far as these basic components, but also as far as these basic movements and exercises. So this is something that I constantly try to emphasize with all of my athletes and people that I work with. You wanna basically pay attention to three main things. And I added a fourth one here, which kind of tied into something that I talked about previously. But the three basic things are, the most important thing is alignment and position. Alignment and position are going to determine what muscles are going to work, what types of forces are gonna be absorbed where, also how safely are you executing the movement. So alignment and position is key. There's two parts to that again. One, being able to feel your alignment and position, all of the sensory information back up to your brain. And two, being able to control or adjust your alignment and position that you're in. So that efferent information being sent back out to your muscles and how to actually adjust your alignment and position. Now the next thing that you wanna focus on is activation. Especially when you're doing exercises or you're training, you want to make sure that you are using and feeling that you're using and contracting the right muscles. Now there's two parts to this one too. One, it's pretty easy to feel the right muscles. If you don't, you have to do some tune-up work, you have to slow down the movements, you have to teach your body what it's actually trying to do. But oftentimes we can feel our muscles working. If you're doing a squat, you can feel your quads burning, right? More advanced, you can create some tension in your glutes, your hip abductors, you can activate those calf muscles, the foot muscles, right? You're focusing on how to activate the right muscles. But the second part of this equation is with activation, you want to make sure that you're not overly using or activating muscles that shouldn't be as involved in that movement. You shouldn't be using them way too much or holding a lot of tension in them. So let me give an example. So let's say you're doing something like arms. You're doing a bicep curl. Of course, our biceps are gonna be working, the elbow flexors are gonna be working, our forearms are gonna be working to keep our wrists in that neutral position. Some of the shoulder girdle muscles are going to be working to make sure that you keep that shoulder blade and that scapula nice and stable. And that's how we're probably going to get the most bang for the buck out of doing bicep curls. Now, when fatigue kicks in or your form starts getting sloppy, you're going to start activating more muscles to help you out. 
You might be swinging your torso, getting those back extensors going. You might start to create more tension in your upper traps to try to create adequate shoulder stability. You might be squeezing all of the muscles in your neck, creating a lot of tension there. Maybe if it's getting super hard, you're starting to pull with the anterior neck muscles and your head is going forward, you're losing some of that neutral spine. Maybe you're gritting your teeth, getting all of the jaw muscles involved, right? You can see how it's very easy to start to overuse some of the muscles that really shouldn't be that activated in the exercise. So this goes along with activation. Yes, you're trying to use the right muscles and work the right muscles, but you're also trying to turn off or not create excessive tone and tension in the muscles that is not intended to carry out that task. Another great example for anybody that has worked out with me or heard some of my other content, things like a bridge. A bridge is a hip extension exercise. Because your knees are flexed, your hamstrings are not in a good position to create a lot of tension to create hip extension. This is just basic kinesiology, biomechanics, anatomy. Because of that, in a bridge exercise, and there's a lot of experts in the field that believe this, you should have maximal glute activation and minimal hamstring activation. So that's another one that's a little bit more obvious, but this is a good example of if you're doing a bridge type of pattern and you're getting a lot of hamstring involvement, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing the exercise well or efficiently. It just means that you're creating a lot of excessive tension in a muscle that you should focus on turning off a bit. So anyway, that's kind of the activation spiel. You wanna make sure that you're using the right muscles and not creating excessive tension or tone in the muscles that are not intended to be involved. And then that leads me to my third component. What to pay attention to is efficient movement. And that ties in with what I just talked about. Making sure that you're turning certain muscles off, not creating excessive tension in those muscles. That's one way to improve the efficiency of your movement. You're just using the right muscles to do the job. You're not wasting energy or doing all of that excessive stuff. Another way to create efficient movement is to understand how to stabilize better. You want to cancel out all of the unwanted movements and unwanted planes and directions. The more that you can do that with basic exercises, the more that you're actually gonna get stronger because you're throwing majority of the workload into the muscles that should be doing the work. Again, if you have all of this unwanted movement, excessive tension all over the body, you're just using all these muscles to help carry out that task in a compensatory fashion. So again, that's not the most efficient way. Think of just the term efficiency, right? When it comes to movement, it's being able to carry out that task without using every single resource in your body. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make sure that we're carrying out the task with the main muscles that should be working and not get all of these other excessive muscles involved in that task. Because when you start to do that, it's almost guaranteed that you are going to create some tightness, imbalances, compensatory pattern in some places. So that's what we want to try to avoid. So those are the big thing, alignment and position, activation and creating efficient movement and practicing how to improve that efficiency when you're doing exercises or movements. Now I said I had a fourth one, a bonus one. Whenever it comes to anything that we're weight bearing, we're standing on our feet, our feet are interacting with the ground. Pay attention to your weight distribution. 
This might be a whole nother podcast episode. I might do it later. But weight distribution, how you're interacting with the ground, that can change a lot. That can change what muscles you're emphasizing. That can change how efficient that movement's going to be. So just pay attention to the weight distribution. Where do you feel the weight distributed over your foot? How does that interaction feel with the ground? And the more that you do that, you'll probably create a stable foundation from your feet up. But also you'll improve that efficiency because now you're probably going to get more work in the intended muscle groups that you're trying to work on, especially with leg exercises. So overall, I think I went a little deeper than I thought I would, but that is some of the basic concepts. These are exercises, components, and focus points that a lot of exercise programs are based on. And the more that you can improve this foundation, it will really help you to do more of the advanced stuff, more intense training programs, advanced exercises, variations again. You'll be able to utilize these fundamentals and be that much better at executing other types of movements and exercises. So overall, I will leave it at that. That is all that I have today. Hopefully you got some value out of this episode. And again, if you haven't, check back on all of the previous library of episodes on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. If you're liking what you're listening to, finding some value, tag me on social media, contact me, let me know what's helpful, and that will help me to make more helpful resources in the future. You can check out all of my free resources on social media at HNL Movement and my website, hnlmovement.com. But again, thank you for tuning in. I hope everyone's year is off to a good start. It seems like the weeks are flying by and we're just sprinting out of the gates. But other than that, keep doing what you're doing. Keep working towards your goals. Be consistent. Do the things that you enjoy doing that really support the lifestyle that you want to live and help you to reach those goals. As far as the podcast, new episodes are released every Tuesday. So I will be back here with a new episode next week, Tuesday. Other than that, I hope everyone has a great week ahead of them. Enjoy what you're doing. Take care of yourself and keep training hard and train smart. Tune back in next Tuesday. And until then, aloha.